All right, everybody, what's going on? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike. We are back for episode two of Cat Four Questions. I love this because it brings me back to all the questions that I was asking when I started bike racing. And uh, the next episode as a preview is going to be a specific Johnson City Omnium. Four questions, some really good ones that you can really apply to any Omnium when you're going to, you know, it's kind of like a stage race. There's just a lot going on, time trial bike, road race, there's a GC, um, you're there for the whole weekend, super cool. And someone else asked a boatload of questions about team tactics, so that will be episode four, and hopefully get those out to you before Johnson City Omnium. So question number one. Hey, I'm 45 years of age. Can I get back to four watts per kg? I'm at 3.4 right now. It seems so far away. It's not. And really, you know, you're definitely not too old at 45. Um, I love when masters athletes come to me and are like, well, I know I'm never going to hit my numbers from, you know, when I was 32. It's like, dude, that was 13 years ago. Training not tactics necessarily, but the way we know how to train, the technology that we have, and the fact that you may not have just been training properly, you can definitely hit PRs. I love helping masters athletes crush it. Um, I don't know how much this guy weighs, but you know, let's say he's 75 kgs on the high side. I don't know, I'm 83, so I my numbers are skewed in my mind to the normal cyclist. Let's say you're trying to, he's maybe only needs 30 watts. Yeah, you can definitely get back to that at 45. I mean, bumping up your FTP is something that you, it's easier than bumping up your VO2 max number, let's say, right? But always the thing that I replied back to this person, make sure, like, why do you want to increase your FTP? Um, what is, besides the fact that it's a good thing to improve your overall engine, like we're really, really stuck on being able to talk about our FTP number. And there are a lot of people that are, you know, doing, going through training and spending time just working on FTP. Then they go into a bike race and they get blown off the back because they can't handle surges. So improving your FTP is important, but make sure you're paying attention to the other metrics as well. Question two, and I like this one. Um, hey, in the absence of an, a good outdoor FTP test, but knowing you typically have lower indoor FTP, I'm gonna get to that, does it make sense to increase the outdoor power targets to better match heart rate or rate of perceived exertion that you'd expect for the same power indoors or just trust that a watt is a watt and hold the same power? I'd much prefer to do long intervals outside when the weather allows and I live in the country where it's easy to find long roads with no stops. I'm super jealous of that because I ride like an hour to do that. Um, so with today's technology, um, and it's really cool in WKO, there's an indoor FTP and an outdoor FTP. Um, riding indoors now doesn't necessarily mean lower watts or a lower FTP, whereas just the opposite, this guy has the consistent roads. There are a lot of riders that like, if they can get on the trainer, now they can bang out 60 minutes, 30 minutes, longer duration stuff with zero interruptions. And we're seeing more riders manipulate the cadence where they might climb, climb like Ven2 on uh, Zwift at 60 RPM, having higher watts. And even though it's more of a tax on your muscles, uh, since you're only doing it for 45 minutes, you can do that session, complete it, have a higher FTP inside. So indoors does not necessarily mean lower watts anymore. Um, back with the fluid trainers, 
I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone that had higher watts inside. Um, there are, you can probably still Google. There used to be a lot of articles about, you know, why you dial, dial your FTP down inside. I really don't think you have to do that anymore. Um, so I told him, yeah, you know, I told him that, um, but the same thing, like go outside and, and ride what you can ride outside and use that FTP, go test, go see what you can do outside. Um, and then you could really start to ask yourself interesting questions like, wait, why is it lower outside if it's lower? Um, is it because of a cadence issue? Is it because of, you know, maybe you live somewhere hot, maybe find out why you're putting out less Watts, compare the Watts and help the two different scenarios improve on each other. Right? So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, as you know, don't get stuck in the trees when the forest is more important. Use the indoor for indoor and outdoor for outdoor. Question three. I know that the morning ride is generally not glycogen. My morning ride is not glycogen depleted to start and I won't deplete my stores afterwards, but I'm wondering if I extend my fasting in a low glycogen state to improve fat, ad fat adaptation gains and how do I balance that with replenishing for the afternoon ride that is higher intensity? So I clipped this out of a really long question and he's talking about uh, fasting and obviously glycogen depleted rides. I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying the word glycogen, glycogen. Um, so it's interesting. I'm not a big fan of fasting. One reason uh, it's, I find it for me personally and every athlete can be different. Um, hard to like recover from a fast to ride hard. Um, now, I'd also ask why are you fasting? Um, I know there's a lot of non-tangible things, um, and we've had an old YouTube video about fasting. When I, you know, I was like, hey, people are doing this. Maybe I should check it out and try it. And this is what people say happens from it. And you can do your own research on that because I'm not going to promote it. Um, a lot of times people that are fasting to help lose weight to close the time that they are the feeding window for intermittent fasting, they're losing weight because it's calorie restriction. Um, I'm not a big fan of that, of, of telling yourself you're doing one thing, but you're really just reducing calories. Um, also, it takes a while, up to 48 hours to fully restore your glycogen stores. So if you do a big like fat max ride that inside talks about or you know, anything where you're refeeding at a lower rate than what you're using on the bike. It's those types of rides crush me. Um, I just can't recover. And maybe it's just that I'm very carb dependent. You know, you're going to have other athletes that might be better at utilizing fat. But I think if you're really asking yourself, how do I ride at a higher intensity in the afternoon? You're not going to be able to fast, do a ride and then ride really hard later. I don't think you can to get the maximum benefit because if your glycogen is totally depleted, you're not physically able unless you have some weird body chemistry going on that they haven't documented yet. You're not able to replenish that within the eight hours in between workouts. So that's just my take. Um, I'm sure there are people that disagree with that, but I don't promote intermittent fasting and definitely nowhere near a high intensity session because when you're going hard, you need to go really hard and you need to carve up for that. So, okay, question four 
At this point, my main goal is to do better in our local CX race series. I had a blast racing last year, but didn't really have the fitness and I'm pretty motivated to put in the time to get there. I'm not looking to peak for nationals or a specific A race, but more like chasing upgrade points and the overall series standings. So that's always an interesting conversation, like athletes that are trying to peak for an A race versus athletes that are just trying to upgrade and be good for all of their races. Um, we'll, we'll hit that later. So most important aspects to cross are you got to be able to go hard, right? Um, Tim Cusick has an interesting WKO seminar where when they look at athletes and their power, it's all about FTP, no matter really whether you're talking about cross, a time trial, and I forget the other example that he gave. Um, and also, obviously, VO2 max. So I think those are really important. The one thing that you also need to throw in there is Pmax, depending on the athlete. I've had some good athletes that are strong FTP and VO2 max performers, but they would get, gotta remember, cross the sport. Like they would not be able to get off the line and get the whole shot and not even not get the whole shot, but they'd be like really starting the race in like seventh or eighth. So now you're dealing with the bottleneck and you're dealing with passing people right off the gun. Um, so those athletes, as you get closer, I would definitely do some PMAC stuff and make sure months before that you're getting in the gym and lifting heavy weights. But really do what the sport requires. So if you're going to work FTP stuff and doing threshold intervals, do them in the grass. Like go ride where you're going to ride. It's different riding through grass than riding on pavement or gravel. Um, you also have to run and cross. So, you know, go out and maybe in the mornings before you go to work, you know, warm up, do some hard cross-like efforts. Uh, so sprinting, jumping over stuff, um, running with your bike, running with your bike around a tree. Like the bike's got to be part of you, not only sitting on it, but carrying it. It's one reason why I don't like cross. Um, when I was dabbling in cross very shortly, the one thing that my coach had me also do is sometimes you're either, if you don't think to, sh when you're totally drilling it, sometimes you come up to a barrier and you don't shift right, so you get stuck in a big gear. So he would have me like, even though that you don't wanna be training to, do, to have poor performance, some big gear work. Um, there are a lot of cross intervals that you can look up in Google things that are just similar to what we're talking about, you know, drill it, get off, run with your bike, coast, drill it, run with it, you know, so those types of things. Be very race specific. Um, and I think actually from, I can't remember the exact thing, but you could look it up in Tim Cusick's webinar. He has an interval where it's like, um, it's almost like a, a micro pyramid, you know, 10 seconds on, and I feel his rest interval, then 20 seconds on, rest, 30 on. Google uh, like WKO5 cyclocross webinar, and you can watch that. There's a lot of good information, but really remember VO2 max, FTP, and then if based on if you're good or bad at like getting out of the gate, think about PMAX. Um, so that's gonna be episode two. Send me your questions, Brendan at Evoke Bike. Hit us up on Instagram at Evoke Bike, at Brendan Hausler. Next, Johnson City, Race Tactics. And then we've got a bunch more coming. Thanks for watching. Share it with your friends. Like the video. Do all the things that help us grow this and share knowledge. See ya.